Slaying self-doubt is a vision from God to empower black women to overcome their doubts, fears, and insecurities in order to walk into their God-given purpose. I use my platform to inspire, encourage, and uplift. I will also use my platform and my voice to take a stand and encourage action at this critical time. I stand with other podcasters so that we can combine our voices to take a stance against racism and police brutality. Enough is enough. There's several ways that you can get involved and use your voice. I'll make sure I put that information in the the show notes. You're listening to the Slaying Self Doubt podcast, where we empower Black women to overcome their fears, doubts, and insecurities in order to give birth to their God-given purpose. Join me and sometimes some of my friends on our journey as we remind you that you are not alone. I'm Felicia Wallace, and together we will find our fears and slay them. Hey y'all, welcome to another episode of the Slaying Self Doubt podcast. It's your girl Felicia Wallace. I hope you all really enjoyed last week's um, replay of the live that I did during the month of May. I thought it was really important because for me, I have just for the last couple of years, I'm gonna say last couple, or at least the last seven years, I've been struggling with my weight. Just like it just fluctuating, and really, it's because I think I've said this before. I want to just be able to eat and not gain no weight. <laughs> And I don't think that that's possible. However, um, I do know that I'm getting older and I do know that there's certain things I want to be able to just do, even if it's just like walking long distances or um, I know one of my biggest things that I want to be able to do is like we used to go to um, Kalahari or we'll go to like amusement parks and like walking up those steps are like ridiculous on my knees. And so I would tell the kids, you know, I'm only good for like one one ride because the amount of steps you got to go all the way up just the slide down is just I, I, it was brutal right um, but that's one of the things I want to be able to do I want to be able to do that with my grandchildren and so um, I thought it just was great because I was having this like aha moment um, before I reposted the episode and then you know the way the Lord works he just connects all the dots right so after you know I posted that and then within that same week I was doing like helping my son with something outside so I was like recording us doing it and so as I went back to watch the video, I was like, I told my husband, I was like, I look pregnant. And so he was like, what? And so then I showed it to him. He was like, oh, yeah, I see. And it was just like, you know, like once you see yourself, you're kind of like, what the crap? Like, have I really let myself go that much? Um, and so I just was like, all right, you know what? I just got to really get myself together, you know, make some commitments to myself and, you know, sh- for myself, just like really showing up for me, not making it about anything else or anybody else, but really it being about me, right? Later on in the week, I was doing a coaching session for one of my small groups and they happened to be talking about health and your body and stuff like that. And so there was a scripture that was read that really just resonated with me. So it's um, 1 Corinthians 6, 19 through, 19 through 20. It says, don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and who was given to you by God you do not belong to yourself for God bought you with a high price so you must honor God with your body and so the premise of whatever study they were doing was about like can you honestly say you're using your can God use your body as a vessel like if you are his vessel are you like 
ready. And so you all know that the whole purpose and premise of slaying self-doubt is that, you know, God gave it to me and I always say that I'm, he's using me, I'm his vessel. But when I really think about the things that he has planned for me, the question is, is that will I actually be able to do the things that he wants me to do if my body is shot, if I can't walk up some steps, if I can't walk longer than 30 minutes, if I can't, if I'm not intentionally being healthy and like taking care of myself. So it was a like, I'm very, you know, clear on like how God like lets me know that there's certain things that I need to do. And that right there was just like, okay, smack me around and call me Susan, like girl, get it all the way together. So I don't know if that, you know, it definitely was a great conversation with me and Patrice and she's my trainer um, anyway. And so I just was like, I really have to reconnect and recommit back to taking care of myself. And even if I do the exercise, like it also has to do with like eating and putting certain things down and just making the lifestyle changes without like yo-yo dieting. That's the biggest thing. Like I was like, I don't want a yo-yo diet. Um, I just thought, you know, I would share that just because, you know, I don't know if anybody else was thinking about it or questioning it. But um, if we tie it all back to God, like he gave us like, like the, the fact that the word says that he paid a high price for us, like I like hearing that and understanding like all that he has done for us, the fact that I can't just exercise, I can't just walk 30 minutes, I can't just not eat after nine o'clock. Like I make it seem like oh, it's so hard. I really want this Pepsi. <laughs> oh, I really need to eat this ice cream or whatever. Oh, I really need pasta or whatever like I can't do it the reality is is that I can there's lots of things that I'm, I've been willing to give up and I can walk away from so um, I just you know keep me in prayer with that because that's something that I've def- definitely been praying with him about because it is something that you know I want to be able to do I want to be able to move around for my kids and for my grandkids and even my great grandkids if the lord willing if i'm you know able to be here that long i want to be healthy and be movable like not mobile not movable mobile um so this episode um that is coming up actually is another replay from the wellness wednesday and it's uh with dominic battle she's a therapist out of florida um and we just talked about anxiety and how um the pandemic and everything is just affecting people's marriages and relationships with their kids and again i think this is a great conversation because we're kind of still in this space like even though the world is kind of slowly opening back up there's still some people that don't feel comfortable with it and it's so crazy I again like these things that are coming up that just says like put this back out here so people can hear it like a lot of this is that the fact that we're not going through these things by ourselves and even if we're even if things are opening up back up right now you know you, you may go into a second wave of this and we have to be re-quarantined like we just don't know right so I think it's just great for us to have this information so that we know how to prepare ourselves for the next time around and you know what things you can do to just make you know if God will God forbid it actually happens again and we have to do it we at least know how to go in there into this next quarantine um just different not better but just different so tune in and uh let me know what you think hey y'all what's going on welcome back to another wellness Wednesday this glare on my glasses I'm trying to think if I should keep my glasses on take my glasses off i don't know i can see right now oh hey ma hey 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 how you doing um we're just here waiting um 
So today we have, um, I'll let her definitely, um, what's the word I'm looking for? I'm sorry, y'all. Just like all over the place this evening. Uh, they, uh, let her introduce herself, but she is, um, going to be talking to us today about, her name is, uh, Dominique Battle. She's going to be talking to us today about anxiety during this whole quarantine. Um, and also our, uh, like marriages and all that stuff. And it looks like she is here. Hold on. Y'all, y'all know I just learned how to do this last week. <laughs> Hey. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Um, so I uh tried to give everybody a little uh just kind of tidbit what we're gonna be talking about today. So um thank you for agreeing to do this um with me today. And I definitely think it's gonna be a great conversation. Um I swear I say that every time I talk to somebody, whether it's <laughs> podcast i just like this is gonna be a great time i think it's what i only think about myself and it always makes <laughs> and the information is great i think all the information that you've been sharing is great so all of them are good conversations well thank you thank you very much <laughs> um so uh tell us a little bit about yourself and just like that started um, well, I'm a mental health therapist. I am a transformation strategist and entrepreneur. Um, I like to specialize in working with women and couples who are navigating through, you know, specific transitions such as, you know, the pandemic, which is new, and that's here. Um, yeah. You know, but infidelity, depression, anxiety, and things like that. Um, <clears throat> I've always wanted to be a therapist, so there, I got started like in middle school. If, if you know, that's the thing. <laughs> <laughs> But it's been, you know, the last few years where I wanted to um, kind of transition into also doing entrepreneurship. I do love therapy and I do still do that, but just kind of venturing out to see if I can, you know, snatch up some of the other people that are struggling that may not necessarily need therapy, but just kind of need help getting from one phase of their lives to the next. Because sometimes that that in-between space can can be heartbreaking for some can be a very vulnerable space for some um and they don't really necessarily always have a way to reach out or know where to go um and so I like to catch them in that spot to kind of help them just get to a better space personally professionally whatever it is that they need yeah that's good um my previous job I actually one day was just trying to figure out like what I wanted to do what was going to happen next um before like maybe like year before I actually quit, but I um, reached out to my EPA, and I stand by EPA. Is it EPA? EAP. There you go. I'm like, wait. I'm like, the EPA is the government. Like, that's how The EAP, so Employee Assistance Program. I stand by that because I think that people don't realize the things that they have, but that's exactly what I had was a coach who kind of through the next steps of my out you know and so she helped me like put together what it is I wanted to do but it was literally it's for y'all um, it was literally a weekly call that I had with her <laughs> just like walk through the steps and I, I to this day I'm like I'm so grateful that that was literally the first step that I took but I, now I actually I go to actual therapy but it still was that transition of hey, what do I need what do I need to do in my job and she she got me all the way together she, Nice. Yeah. Girl, I preach so, therapy to everybody I can. <laughs> yeah. 
you the thing about it is that I think sometimes you know we generally reach out to our friends and your friends can have a lot of wisdom because i'm very wise right <laughs> um, <laughs> but sometimes you need it under some like some boundaries and some constraints right yes. because they their opinion but when you do that i think it helps people in <laughs> Because sometimes we just have a lot going on in our head, and we you just need to be able to just like take that one thing and say, "Okay, I heard you say this, but you know maybe this means something else." So that's it. Ventured into like becoming a therapist and having to have clients. So one of the things that I like to ask my guests is about their self doubt journey. How has self up in your journey? Do you want immediate access to new episodes, products, events, and freebies? Join the Slaying Self-Doubt family today at www.feliciawallace.com. That's www.p-h-i-l-i-c-i-a-w-a-l-l-a-c-e.com. Um, with imposter syndrome, definitely. Um, you know, just having doubts about the accomplishments that I've had and and just internalizing certain things. And, and I think that this is true for a lot of people, but definitely, you know, for me and my own self-doubt journey is that we, we grow up with certain messages and we grow up with certain um, ways of being or, you know, our family's beliefs and our family's values are kind of imprinted on us because that's just what we do. Yeah. And we take that into adulthood thinking that this is the only way to be. And then we enter into, the, into this big world where, it's like, no, I can, you know, I can create the rules in my life and I can create, you know, and structure what I want my life to be. But getting to that space requires a lot of unlearning certain yeah. things that we had to learn in the beginning and not necessarily taking all the way away from the values, but just knowing how this particular value or this particular belief can apply to the life in the way that I want to live it and yeah. being okay and making peace with that to where, I don't feel like I'm disappointing people because um, that was that was one of the things that showed up the most in that in, in that imposter phase is I don't want to disappoint the people that have molded me and that have, that have shaped me. But I still have these dreams and these accomplishments that are huge and that they're scary and they make me fearful, but I still want to accomplish them. So it was a lot of that back and forth of, you know, do I really do this? Is it too soon? Do I really know what I'm talking about? Why yeah. would people pay me to do this? And, <laughs> and so um, it, it was it was it was a hard journey. And I, and it still shows up like imposter syndrome and self-doubt. Like that stuff doesn't necessarily go anywhere. You just learn better ways to manage it and better ways to, to be resilient towards it, I think. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I, I don't think it goes anywhere. It shows up differently. It shows up depending on we talked about this before, like level up. It comes up a different type of way. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you you know may come up through you it may come through somebody else um somebody say imposter syndrome is a richard but i know that that means a dick <laughs> is terrible because it will stop you every single time just the thought of um thinking that nobody will believe you right or nobody right think that you know what you're talking about and at the end of the day we're all just like figuring it all out so you know that's it we're big kids trying yeah. to figure out life <laughs> exactly so what have you learned about yourself doing your like self-doubt journey you didn't know about yourself before um that my thoughts and my feelings are not always accurate because sometimes we think if we 
if we feel a certain way about something or, you know, there's a thought that pops up and that must mean something and I must be doing something wrong. But just knowing that they aren't always accurate, they're going to try to rationalize themselves with each other as far as making me feel better. So if I'm already feeling anxious or if I'm already feeling like I can't accomplish this, then my thoughts and my feelings are going to match up to make me feel okay. And just knowing that I can go in and I can challenge those thoughts and I can try to shift them and adjust them to, to not necessarily be what I want them to be. Cause sometimes it's a good thing for them to, to come up and for you to question it and check the evidence and things like that. But just knowing that I can do that process and I don't have to automatically believe everything that comes up in my mind. Cause sometimes it's just, it's just not accurate. It's irrational. And I have to I have to figure out a way to get it from the irrational to the rational. That's good. So how how do you feel like that you, because um, this is going to go into like our next question. <laughs> um, but for my own personal knowledge and for anybody else who struggles with the same, how do you like take yourself through that, that process to like not let yourself get away with your thoughts? You know what I mean? Because we end up taking <laughs> that we think and we just it it will just magnify whatever the situation is and it, it could make you do something you really want to do move too fast move too slow you know mm-hmm. no you miss like there's so many it doesn't always have to be a like oh something kind of got screwed up because you went through your thoughts you could have just thought that oh this is a great opportunity and because you right. didn't probably you know you then you end up being like dang i probably shouldn't have done that so what's that kind of take to like get yourself to be like yes or no (laughs) okay (laughs) um i ask myself the questions um i ask myself you know is this thought based on facts or is it based on feeling you know if if my best friend was in this situation what would i tell her because sometimes we we are too close to the situation and we go through all the different scenarios and, and we, we making a plan A, we making a plan B, we making a plan C. But if our friend would come to us with the same issue, we could immediately help them with that. And we can immediately help them get to a place where they feel more comfortable to make that decision. So what would my best friend or what would I say to my best friend if they were dealing with the same thing? Um, how, how likely is it that this fear or this thought or this feeling is going to come true? You know, is it something that's, can actually happen or is it just something that I'm dreaming up in my head you know that may not be something that may ever come to fruition um what is what's the most likely thing that will happen so looking at your options looking at the reality of the situation what will actually happen if I did this thing or what won't happen if I decide to do this thing and you know if if my worst fear comes true and if what I feel like may possibly happen you know will actually come to fruition then will that outcome still matter in a week? Like if the worst happened, will this be something that I'm thinking about in a year? Will it be something that I'm thinking about in two years? You know, I I think about the saying that some people say, you know, if people are, you know, being anxious or doubting themselves, will somebody die if I make this decision? You know, will will my family, you know, disappear if I make this decision? Because that's the worst case scenario. But if that's not the case and I'm going to be completely okay, Bill's still going to be paid. Family's still going to be good. It's just me making a decision. And if it doesn't work, then it doesn't work. Then I can do it. So it's going down that question and, and literally talking to yourself and saying, hey, okay, let's figure it out. Let's challenge it. Let's look at the evidence. Let's look at the facts. And then at the end of that, if you feel comfortable with what you've come up with, then you go for it. Or if you don't, then that's your decision and you don't need to do it. 
Yeah, that's good. I think that, that a lot of times we just stop at the thoughts and we don't like process them all the way out. And so you and even and most of the time, most decisions that on a regular basis, the things that we afraid of, the worst case scenario is not death. Right. So it's <laughs> not like, on, on, you know, 90 percent of the time, that's not the worst case scenario. The worst case scenario, somebody says no, or you don't get mm -hmm. the job. Or they break up with you or whatever. The, you know, it's just, it may be changing, you know, your life, but it's definitely not anything that would cause, you know, you know, harm to yourself or, or anybody else. Or to your disruption, right. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I did a very good job of like, I was trying to avoid for whatever reason, the whole conversation about the quarantine and being, you know, COVID and <laughs> Some of it is because I suffer from anxiety and just talking about stuff just makes me more anxious. And mm -hmm. so I can't, I don't know what week we're in. I think nine, eight, something. We've been I've lost count. I've lost yeah. count. <laughs> I'm just here. <laughs> we're just still, we're still here, right? Um, and so one of the things that I've been noticing as I've been talking to a lot of people, uh, whether it be people in my small group or, you know, my friends, my family, um, just you're hearing other people's stories and what they're talking about throughout the um just on insta you know on social media whatever have you how anxiety is just showing up in people who never even thought they had anxiety and for people who do have it it has heightened to like no tomorrow like it is literally at the point where we are having these and i've said it before i've had like two panic attacks within the first like three weeks of the whole situation because at this in this season the worst case scenario is death and right. so think about that you be like do i have a will do i like so right. many things to think about before this and i was just like oh my god my brain so i mm. want to talk about that about the people who have it the people who, like just where we are right now like i think that um and for me i'm very vocal about it there's some people who internalize the anxiety for years i internalized my anxiety i can mm -hmm. i definitely it today um but then it it showed up physically for me and i had bills palsy three times and so i was like mm -hmm. you know, i'm gonna just stop right now because this is not it's not working out for me um <laughs> I, like nope not gonna do it you know so i really want to talk about like anxiety during this time address and cope with it um because like i know you're in florida right and mm -hmm. i don't even think y'all gonna quarantine no more y'all can go wherever y'all want right i mean they're even if they're opening up in phases <laughs> but people do what they want as soon as the first phase opened uh i think it was only like restaurants and and other little spots everybody was out so they went from being at home and then phase one they was like as soon as phase one hit i'm done like i'm out yeah you know, i keep you at home no more we're done so florida we do what we want down here apparently <laughs> so for us i'm in maryland right and so they literally just opened every county around me except for my county because our county <laughs> that was heavy hit so mm -hmm. people that are like 20 minutes away from you, you know, driving distance, who are you okay to like go into phase one, but my county and another county, the two highest counties, they are still on a stay at home order. And then I'm like 10 minutes away from DC. DC is still at the same thing. It's, you're literally in a space where it's like, are we going to get out of this? Like, what? what? <laughs> 
happening. So when when you hear these things kind of happening, it's just it's a lot, right? So um, mm -hmm. I'm gonna you know really just try to address you know how it shows up, what it may look like for everybody. Because um, it shows up differently in different people and it looks differently. And then, you know, how we can cope with it during this time for as long as, I guess, is why we in here. As long as it's here. <laughs> as long as it's here. Yo, I forgot to tell you that my one-year entrepreneurship anniversary is June 28th. So for the next 10 days from June 19th until June 28th, all items will be 50% off. So stop what you're doing. Go to www. Well, not don't stop what you're doing. Right after you listen to this podcast, then go to www.feliciawallace.com. Click shop, get your shirt, get your wristband, buy one for yourself, buy one for your auntie, your cousin, your sister and them. Go ahead and just sell me out. That's all you need to do. Just just sell me out. So anxiety just in general is you have the mental reaction to it and you have the physical reaction to it. And, and it's basically how you and your body are receiving threats and it's, it's real future oriented. So as soon as something happens, people who suffer from anxiety immediately think about, okay, I have to get prepared for the next day. I got to get prepared for the next week and the next year and the next five years. And then that just kind of expands because that's an overwhelming feeling to have to get everything together today for the next five years. And so yes. you experience, that you know that it's, it's like an uncontrollable worry that you can't necessarily calm down and so that's why people who do suffer from anxiety will tell people don't tell me to calm down because it's not gonna help and i'm still not gonna calm down <laughs> it does not help um it can lead to um excessive nervousness so that's another symptom of it where you just kind of have this pit in the middle of your stomach Mm -hmm. And it does not go away and it gets bigger and bigger and bigger and it affects everything. Um, it can make you have panic attacks. And so you experience that and that's where it gets to the height of it where your body literally can't contain all yeah. the anxiety that's happening and it's starting to literally have the physical reactions to it. Um, it can call an upset stomach, um, muscle tension is, you know, the avoidance of fear and the trying to plan for all the steps and all the scenarios when there is no way possible we can plan for all of that. And then when that thing happens or when anything close to that thing happens, then the fear just kind of immediately increases and expands. Um, the increased heart rate is one of the physical symptoms. Sometimes um, some, for some people, their hands get sweaty. Their heart may palpitate and, and start getting really, really fast. They may feel dizzy. Um, they may pass out or feel close to passing out. Um, poor concentration. So all types of things that anxiety um, can present as in different people. And people will know it once it comes up because it's just this overwhelming tightness and, and stress that mm. you feel in your body and your heart is racing and you just kind of are all, all over the place. It's one of the things that I get from a lot of people. I just feel like I'm all over the place. So that's what, um, as far as the symptoms, that's how that goes and, and what that looks like. And so it's just this heightened level of tension um, in their bodies and, and for people who may have never experienced it yeah. and are now starting to go through with it, they may just know that they're heightened and know that they're super sensitive to everything yeah. that's around them and they're hyper vigilant to everything that's around them. And they may be trying all the stuff, they may be doing everything that they may have normally have done in the smaller anxiety producing situations and that may not work, be working for them. And so that sends them into an overdrive. And if, for people who, have never experienced any kind of mental illness or mental disorder or whatever, 
they automatically assume the worst because that's what anxiety does. It automatically goes to the absolutely worst possible outcome. And they think they're suffering from, you know, maybe bipolar or depression or whatever it is. And it just kind of sends them into a tizzy. Um, and, and it's difficult for them, especially if they've never experienced it. They've never maybe read up on it, learned about it. And so they start to operate from this, this tense place um, that really takes a toll on relationships. It really takes a toll on friendships, takes a toll on their um, productivity at work. It can really be a destructive force if yeah. one, you've never dealt with it. And two, you haven't been able to get the help that you need for it. Yeah. So how do you think that? So I, I definitely know that, you know, for myself, I, I need, I need therapy for somebody to kind of like walk through those steps. Um, I, you know, it was something I knew it before, but once this happened, it was just like, okay, scratch me trying to figure out how like overcome. <laughs> I need you to help me now. Like, I'm mm -hmm. like, oh, this is how I feel. I don't want to go outside. I don't right. want nobody's in but my own. You know, <laughs> it was some steps I definitely had to take for myself. Like, you know, turn the TV off. I had, you know, not look at every text message that came through. Because yeah. I want, oh, did you see this? Did you see that? Nope. I Good. Couldn't do it. <laughs> protecting my for me I had to like protect my space and mm -hmm. feel uncomfortable about saying no you know yeah. my calls me the queen of no anyway so I was like oh yes I'm you <laughs> right now <laughs> that's where you about to get all of them right now um, so what are some ways that you would suggest that people so for those people who are not in therapy right so there's people out here who know they have anxiety who know that they suffer from things but they just they, you know they don't think they need a therapist they because right. for some people when they think of going to therapy they immediately think of medication and that's completely mm -hmm. different that is not 100 percent a, a psychiatrist versus a psychologist there's a medical portion and there's a therapy like that's not that's it's two different things so can you explain quickly for those people for you know to know that there's a difference between medication and like talking it out definitely so with therapy therapy doesn't and, it, and even with the medication i think a lot of people automatically assume that if i have to call a therapist then that means i'm in crisis and if i don't feel like i'm in crisis then i shouldn't have to go but therapy is really to help you manage the things that you are currently struggling with it doesn't mean that you have had a lifetime struggle or a lifetime worry it can just be in this particular moment in time in my life i can't deal with what's happening and i need somebody to help unravel all yeah. those things so i saw a meme um somewhere on social media, Instagram, where there was a therapist sitting in a chair and there was this big ball of yarn for the client and the therapist just kind of helps to unravel that, that mm. piece of yarn and those thoughts and those feelings and to help you first understand it and yeah. then help you learn how to manage it. So it doesn't have to be crisis. We don't, we can't prescribe medication. If it gets serious enough to where it affects you at home, if it's affecting you at work and it's affecting you at school to where you can't function, so yeah. Some people can function and know that they have anxiety and then others cannot. Like They have to go home. They have to call out. When it gets to the more severe levels, then that's where a therapist could refer you to a psychiatrist yeah. to get the medication that will help you first get stabilized. Because once we can stabilize you, then we can help you learn all the skills that you need to help you manage it better. Yeah. But initially, therapy is just to help you unravel all the stuff that you're feeling so that you can understand it. Because sometimes we don't have the vocabulary 
to identify the things that are happening. And once we can identify it and have the vocabulary, then it doesn't seem like this big overwhelming thing that's happening to you. You know what it is and you know what it looks like. Yeah, that's so good. I like that because, uh, you know, like a lot of people, especially in our community, the mm -hmm. therapy, you like, oh, somebody, you know, crazy going to the, they going, you know, 5150 all the time. Like, no. <laughs> You know, somebody you don't know who isn't judging you, who isn't, doesn't know all your business, that you're just saying, hey, right now, this is what I'm going to kind of need this. And I can imagine during this time, you all have, you know, you, uh, mental health therapists and um, the mental health system has probably accelerated because, like I said, there's people who know they have it, like me, mm -hmm. <laughs> Other people who's like, I ain't really sure what's going on, but I'm, right. not, I'm just not feeling right. Let me go talk to somebody. Um, so thank you for y'all okay. you know, being open because I'm just telling you, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what I was <laughs> This was like, no, I'm not available. So I'm, I'm definitely grateful for that. Um, so when you, you mentioned something about, you know, just like, with the anxiety, with the quarantine, one of the things that I've also noticed is that um, my anxiety affects my household. It affects my family. It affects act with my kids. It affects how I interact with my husband. Um, and, and you know, he already knew I had anxiety, and but he never like saw it right and I got it. And then he was like, "You alright? <laughs> you know what I'm saying?" Like, right <laughs> you you need and i was just like it was like a really really bad day you know what i'm saying mm -hmm. and so i think it's very important that we have a lot of things going on right and when you are quarantined in a household with your family 24 7 on a basis i'm not saying it's all bad but it also ain't all good right, right. <laughs> right. <laughs> and it just could be just like we all need our space. We all need our personal space. We Definitely. all need So I really wanted to touch on like how relationships are being, marriages and relationships are being affected during this time because not just your, your spouse, it's your partner, it's your boyfriend, mm -hmm. your even parent and child because though, yes, you used to your kids being in school and not <laughs> on your food. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, all day. All day. All day. Right? And, and your kids are probably used to you not having that much access to you. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Being right over there. Is you doing your work or not? Nah? Like, well, what are we doing right now? So let me know. I don't know how to teach. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> right. So in, in regards to relationships, I want to kind of like break it down like marriages and relation, you know, intimate relationships and then like parents and their kids. Like how, you know, how they're being affected during this time. Um, for relationships and marriages, one of the things that I've seen so far is that um, there's been a lot of conflict because there's been changes in the relationship roles. So, mm. you know, with some people having lost their jobs, with the reduction in work hours, with people who don't normally work from home are now having to figure out what that world looks like. Yeah. Um, there are situations where one partner suddenly becomes the primary caregiver, while wow. the other one is now the sole breadwinner. Yeah. And, and just be, especially if it's a shift from the man being the breadwinner to the woman, that can be a very hard reality for the men more so, but the family in general to to kind of wrap their minds around. Because yeah. it's just for, for men, like, that's 
for most men, that's where they get their identity, being able to take care of home, being able to take care of their families, right. and now having had to switch roles completely, then that's causing a whole lot of conflict um, in relationships because it, as individuals during this process, we are struggling with sleep disturbances. So we're, we're I'm forgetting the days, everybody's forgetting the days. So my, my sleep cycle, my wake cycle, all of that is off. So I'm having these, we're all having these sleep disturbances. We're all engaging in avoidance behaviors and not necessarily coping mechanisms. So trying to avoid people, trying not to talk, trying not to get frustrated. And then as soon as somebody talks to us, we- Let's back that up. What is avoiding okay. behavior? What, what, do, what is that? Cause I need to know if that's what- <laughs> <laughs> So that's where you've been in the house for, for 20 days. And everybody has trying to, you know, trying to figure out life, trying to just trying to be around each other because they've been working most of the time. And now you see people starting to, one spouse is in the bedroom, the other spouse is in the spare room. And so we're avoiding talking. We're avoiding having any kind of conversations other than the surface level conversations. Yeah. And so we start avoiding the conflict, the big elephant in the room that we may be experiencing. And now we're just not going to do any of it because I would rather not do it than to have to sit down and argue with you and then still be with you for the next 20 more days. <laughs> I feel close. <laughs> yes, yes. Way too close. Yeah. Way, way too close. <laughs> so I'm seeing a lot of that. Um, and, you know, just depression is coming up. Anxiety is coming up. So as, as individuals, we're experiencing all these things. And if we are already frustrated with ourselves because we don't know what's going on, then that brings just tension and conflicts in the relationship and so people are nagging just just to be nagging and arguing yeah. just to be arguing and they're turning little small arguments into bigger ones because of all this frustration and and you know sleep is off depression anxiety all that stuff is coming up and so just that change in the relationship roles for couples is one of the things that i'm seeing a whole lot more often um issues with the couple's sex life because you know the kids are home all the time there is no longer that that period where they're at school and that structured life that we're used to them having. Um, things are more stressful at home. Um, so we, because we have that difficulty in concentrating because things are just crazy, it's hard for us to make decisions. And it's yeah. hard for us to really spend quality time with each other because all that's starting to get blended in. If we're home all day, then of course, all of that won't be quality. And so it's hard if you're around somebody all day to rationally pinpoint what's quality and what's just you sitting next to me while we're watching TV. Right, and right, so right. That, those lines are kind of getting blurred. And so when it comes to couples, you know, actually trying to have that intimate time together and trying to have sex and still keep that part of their lives alive, you know, there's that pressure to, to make it a satisfying experience because I need something at this point. And if, if we're together and we're trying to figure this thing out as a unit and, you know, sex is something that's important to us as a couple, yeah. Then we bring all that pressure into the bedroom, which will naturally, if you go into the bedroom with all that pressure and you go into the bedroom with all those thoughts and feelings and emotions, it's not going to be a satisfactory experience. It's not going to be something that, you know, you want to do. You won't even have the desire to do it. Yeah. So that's bringing up issues with that. Yeah, that's, um, both of those are really good. I, I, when you say, what you say, that kind of hit me because I know that um, you know, we do a different thing, you know, so my husband is home, but he, his job, he cannot telework. So he's literally just home, right? Like he, <laughs> right. he's not working from home. He's just here. Um, and <laughs> I, I'm fine with it because the other part is that I know that he's been here, you know, he's worked for a very long time and able to have 
break is like the longest break he's ever had in his mm. working. And so, what uh, I find myself certain days like, okay, you be here and I'll be here, you know. And then it'll be like he'll say, I you all day, and I'm like. <laughs> We all in the same house. We all in the same space. How you not see? <laughs> um, but I think it's like that. You know, I, I feel like when you were when you were apart, and then you like prior to this, right? Like making intentional moments and intentional time together. It's more difficult to do that now, right? Because you're trying to make sure that you right. cultivate not only marriage but also your relationship with your kids right because now you're here with your kids right. over an extended period of time and you all are here at the same time and so like for us we decided to do something with the kids where we watching like marvel movies or whatever you know and so then they're like well can't we watch it but then it's like okay how do we also give mommy and daddy time but then you you know right. then you feel like okay well kids and let's do this and then you feel like you just <laughs> i got nothing left and then we gotta do this again tomorrow right so are there any things do you have any advice for it for all of us because we all are going through this at this moment whether like i said it's not all all bad and it's not all good right so you have right. highs and lows you may go right. good for a week or so and then that one day you just like i'm just done. another day <laughs> for marriages to try to like be more intentional about it so that we don't eventually because what I would hate to happen is that we end you get it to the end of this and mm -hmm. like then you need to be the spouse right and it's it's the opposite right. as opposed to you right because now you just spend all this time I send you for 90 days straight we are good <laughs> okay I'm good but you don't want to lose right <laughs> so while we're in the house how can we be intentional about you know bringing some of that back some of Thank you for tuning in every week. Your support does not go unnoticed. If you truly love this podcast, please remember to share, subscribe, rate and review. I think it's just learning how to be flexible and be creative and and adjust our mindsets that we have now to what does our normal look like now? Because our normal before it was we go to work, we come back home, we may, you know, have family time and then we have couple time and then we go to bed. But right. that has to look differently. So as a couple, you have to sit down and like plan that structure. Like, look, we're here all day. What does quality time look like? And be willing and ready to have those conversations and not take it personally if a person has to go in separate rooms. So it's only it only becomes an avoidance behavior or a conflict behavior if you're going in separate rooms to avoid talking because mm -hmm. you're upset with that person or uh, because you don't want to talk about certain things. But if you know as a person that you just need some time to yourself, then that is 100% completely healthy. Yeah. And you need to be able to do that and have those conversations with your spouse so that they don't think that it's avoidance and you don't want to talk. It's just, I just need to not be anything to anybody right now. And then I'm gonna come back out. And then I'm good. So I think being able to have those honest conversations and know that if we're splitting up or if we're taking time apart from each other in the house, then it doesn't mean that anything's bad. This is just what I need. And if there are kids around, then have a conversation to plan that around the kids. Like at this time, I'll go in the room. And then can you handle the kids during that period so I can have my space? And then kind of flip flop on that to be able to 
do the things that you need to do and still have the quality time and not create unintentional conflict because those conversations are not happening because that's the whole point. That's good. That, I, so this is where communication is very, very important at this time. Very. The person isn't getting, you know, uncomfortable with and trying to figure out, like, what's wrong with you? You know? Because <laughs> that's what happened. Like, like, we both in here. I ain't do nothing. You right. Know, like, <laughs> right. And um, even for me, like, I know for a period of time, because he would be up later at night, I'd be like, I, you know, because I do record podcasts in the morning, I'm like, I'm tired. And so I would go to the basement and I'd be like, I'm just leaving the basement. And like, after like the third day, he was like, why is he going to the basement? I was like, because I actually, <laughs> you know, like I'm sleeping down there because I was, because I, then I started having insomnia. And so mm -hmm. like, I'm tired. Like, I really just want to go to bed. It has nothing to do with you, but I just need to fall asleep and like stay asleep throughout the entire night. And so I think once we it was like okay but like what you're saying is that if you don't have the conversation then here's where assumptions start to go and you you know exactly but yeah so exactly because we have those automatic we already have those perceptions of how life used to be and so if this is all i'm thinking about as far as how life used to be it used to be that if you went in a separate so if that's no longer the case then we need to create a different understanding and a different definition for what that looks like yeah. so that I know that when you go and do this thing that you really need time and I can be supportive I can support you in that space and say okay I see you're in the room let me handle the kids and then when you come back out I know that you're good and you're ready and then I can go and take my time and it doesn't create the unnecessary in the house right right so okay so one of the other things that a lot of people I saw people down there saying was talking about the kids and being in the mm -hmm. house with you know I, when you're in the house with different age kids you get different emotions right from the mm -hmm. little ones mm -hmm. all the time to the older ones who are going through their own emotional thing you know because right what is what like I, sometimes we forget that they're people too even though you're, right. uh, you know we know that they are they're little people right they're little but, people <laughs> But I think sometimes we don't necessarily realize that they could have the same emotions that we do. So how do we, how do we navigate, now we navigate marriages, how do we navigate this parenting relationship when, you know, maybe the kids are at that age where they're not being open about how they feel or they're, you know, or they are like, what, what things do you think we could do with that? I think with kids, it's important to um, keep structure. So like it, for, my kid's older, so it's a little bit different. So I'll get to the younger ones. But I know for my kid, he's 14. He's a teenager. And so because he um, is at home a lot more and he's out of school, he had automatically assumed that because I'm home and the Xbox is here, then that's all I can do all day. And I'm like, nope, nope, that's not how this, that's not how this works. And so yeah. I still have him every day get up at the time that he would get up for school. And he gets up and he eats breakfast and he takes a shower and I have him a dedicated space to go and do his work. And even in the in-between, like he, I'll have him do a couple of chores just to just to flesh out his yeah. day. And then there's still a designated time for when you can play your Xbox. There's a designated time for you to do, do the other stuff. And then there is still a bedtime. So yeah. keeping it as close to structure um, as you can. And for the little kids, it I would say that it's easier. But I haven't raised a kid during a pandemic. So, excuse me. But, you know, there is. <laughs> Because kids are, you know, you can keep them busy with coloring because they have times in, in school where they're coloring. So figure yeah. out if you can keep it as close to what they would normally do in school as possible because they have centers and they have stations and they have times where they're 
you know, on the computer. And so creating that structure for them will help create the structure for you so that you can kind of flesh out your own day. And also so that you don't feel like because your kids are home that you have to automatically be mom to them all day. Like there's still a structure. Let's keep the structure. Their home is different, but they model off of us. So if I show them that this is what we're doing, then they will automatically fall in line. There's a reason that kids go to school and act completely okay. And then when they come home, they're completely all over the place. Right. They know how to do it. We forget that they know how to do it yeah. because they cry and they buck the system. But yeah. they go to school and they do it for eight hours a day. So I promise you they will get through it. They can get there and they can do it. Just make sure that they do it and follow through with everything that, you know, you put in place. Because sometimes we'll put things in place and then if we have a four-year-old that lays their head on our, on our knee or on our leg, then it's like, ah, okay, you don't have to do all the other stuff for the rest of the day. Right, right. We gotta fight through, right. We got to fight through it. We have to fight through it and we have to make sure that we are modeling for them what we need them to see. And they'll fall in line automatically because it's just what kids do. They're resilient. Yeah. So we have somebody who said that their youngest sleep schedule is off and he's six. So, um, just like we talked about our sleep patterns being off, the kids sleep patterns mm -hmm. too. My youngest is 10, and he definitely is very much so just kind of like, you know, the, he thinks it's a vacation. That's really what he thinks it is. This is just a vacation. We're just here. That's it. Um, and I also think that because sometimes with the schools, the, some of the workload is a little bit different per child, per school. Yeah. The kids aren't necessarily getting either the same amount of work that they would get if they were in school or the, uh, I don't want to use the word difficulty, but like, you know what I'm trying to say, like. Different levels. Like they don't have to think it's hard. It's almost like they just giving them busy work right? as opposed <laughs> to actually doing something. They're assuming that somebody in here said they think it's summer vacation. Yes, they don't right. really, and so, I think for some of us, like I know for myself, I try not to stress myself out. And so I'd be like, this is what you got to do. Do what you need to do. And, you know, because <laughs> I am not, I don't want to say, I don't want to argue with you all day long either. You know what I mean? Like, right. it this done. I try to structure it in a certain way. Like, I do think that once you give them a certain period of time, um, they will do it, right? Like, you just tell mm -hmm. them, so, mm -hmm. young this I win this I win. this is the work issue after that after that I don't do what you want right. <laughs> right. but at least leave these things done um mm -hmm. but I do agree that structure is good but what do you do when your kids sleep patterns are off and they just cannot go to sleep <laughs> that's when you try to put things in the day that will make them tired so you you have them go outside in the backyard or go outside in the, in the front yard and and let them play you go out there and play with them like you do things that will Wear them, them out, <laughs> and then you put them. You you create a, a sleep uh, routine. So you at a certain time every night you get them used to. Okay, now we're gonna go and take a shower. Now we're gonna go and brush our teeth. We can read a book and truly let them die down for the day. You can't have them in front of um, devices and iPads and TVs at least an hour before. Like stretch out the sleep. <laughs> we all do it. We all do it. Don't no judgment. No judgment whatsoever. We all do it, but. <laughs> When it comes to, to me and my sleep, we got to figure this out because I, I, I need to be able to sleep and you need to be able to sleep. Yeah. So at least for an hour um, before bedtime, like just slow down the, the sleep routine process and let them take a shower, let read to them, 
but y'all can read together if they're older and y'all just sit next to each other and read but really create an intentional sleep schedule and that way once they get in the bed like they'll their bodies will learn to tell that okay now we're going to start transitioning into bed but it needs yeah. to be a transition a transition process it shouldn't be okay you're on the ipad now let's you know take a shower and pajamas in bed because it's it's so much activity that they're yeah. already going to be up and wired and energized. Yeah. So you got to create structure around sleep time too and create structure around waking up and not have them sleep so late because they're home. Get them up early. The same time that they will probably go to school, get them up. Have them play, wear them out, have the sleep schedule on point, stretch it out for about 30, 45 minutes. And I promise you, they will lay down and go to sleep. And if they get yeah. back up because they don't want to go, then you got to land back down. You have to follow through. If they're crying, if, as long as they ain't hurt, you know, let them cry. They don't fall asleep. But it's, I it's think, the not following through and going in and trying to talk them down and trying to make yeah. them sleep. Just follow through. They will do what they need to because they're kids. It's very challenging just kind of during this time because, you you know, this. it's almost like, is there a right answer? Is there a wrong answer? Like you say, none right. of us have do this. Like, uh, it's first time for me, you know, but mm -hmm. That you start to see, like, okay, I literally can't let you do this all day long, right? Like, right. <laughs> right. It turns into, like, you think it's supposed to be like this every day. Or, you know, and so I've had to, we've had to put some um, constraints on some things. Like, my kids play Fortnite. And so, you know, it was like, okay, Monday through, or Sunday night through Thursday night, you got to get off at 10 o'clock. And they would be like, what? We normally get... And I'm like, get off at 10. But you need, you know... And so, mm -hmm. it's, some of it is that they know it's different. They know they don't have to physically go somewhere. So then they, you know, they, they're challenging you too. Like, where where am I going? And you'd be like... Right. <laughs> right. You ain't going nowhere. <laughs> the bad if you don't stop asking me questions. It's where you're going. <laughs> Um, so we have about 15 minutes left. Does anybody have any questions about um, just coping and dealing with anxiety through the quarantine, relationships during the quarantine? We talked a lot about marriages and parenting. I did have a question that somebody slid in my DMs earlier and asked about uh, what, whether or not it would have you recognized um, certain behaviors in your spouse that they are not willing to recognize, like depression or anxiety, but they're not calling a thing a thing. How do you deal with that? Because it's now affecting the other spouse, right? Like they're trying to have a conversation, right. trying to communicate, but that uh, that the the other spouse is like, no, you're tripping, basically. So right. um, their question was kind of like, how do they deal with that when they're, you know, they want to try to support them the best way that they can but they don't even think there's anything wrong or they don't see what's happening got it so it, i mean that that's that's a difficult one because every relationship is different and so in every relationship you have your own individualized culture of communication and how you communicate so for some couples it may be as simple as sitting them down and not mentioning the word depression because you know all these words come with such a negative connotation but just kind of, you know, get curious. Even if you know what it is, just get curious and be like, hey, I've noticed that you've been acting this way. You know, things have been a little off. You know, has something been different at work? Like, it's been a little weird, so let's talk about it. Yeah. And you don't have to mention the sadness. You don't have to mention things that may make somebody feel like they are less than. Because I don't know if they're, you know, a Black person that's in your DMs, but I know that us as Black people, if we feel like we can't handle ourselves or handle our own stuff, 
that mm. automatically makes us feel like we're less than. So anytime somebody may speak to a certain insecurity or if they may speak to a certain vulnerability, we immediately get defensive because it's like, no, I got this. I know I see what you see too, but we're not going to talk about it because that's yeah. what we do. So making it a situation in an environment where it's safe to talk and it's comfortable to talk and you allow them to tell you how they feel versus us going in and saying, hey, you've been feeling this way. You've been yeah. acting this way. It must be depression. Right. So now tell me about it. And they're going to be like, no, it's not depression. I'm not sad. That's not <laughs> what I'm doing. But if you get curious with people and honestly, you know, have an interest into what's going on in their lives, because it could be the pandemic. It could be, you know, stress with work. It could be them not knowing how to manage a family all day, every day in the house, because that yeah. can be a stressor. So you don't know. You may see the sadness and see certain things, but oftentimes it doesn't necessarily automatically mean it's depression. It could yeah. be situational. It could be something else. So get curious and just ask the questions and and not mention those taboo words because yeah. we know it's just it just doesn't that end well. Yeah. It's not end well. Yeah, so many more commercials lately um, now than I than I'd ever seen before. I'm like you usually see them at certain times. Of the day. I'm like these are on a Hallmark channel too. Like, I <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. But, you know, I'm like, because we're in a heightened situation, mm -hmm. heightened state right now, I think that there are people that are, like, noticing it. And then you hear all the things, you see the commercial, you're like, oh, you know what? That's what you look like, you know? Yes, mm -hmm. what's wrong with you or whatever have you. Um, right. And, and even when some people hear that word, again, just like with therapy, they automatically think the worst. If they hear depression, they see a person like not being able to get out of bed crying yeah. all the time. And if they don't, if they can't identify with that particular word or that vision of what depression looks like, then they're going to immediately shut that down. But if you allow them to express their own feelings, then it may be an easier conversation to have and you can venture into certain things and they may even mention it once you bring it to their attention. Yeah. That's good. I definitely have noticed. Um, I don't see nobody asking anything as of yet, but um, I definitely have noticed even with, you know, my friends or my family and the people that I've talked to that when I express what's going on with me, it sometimes also opens up the door for somebody to be like, yeah, I was feeling the same way or whatever have you. And I think some of it is just the fear of like, I'm like, people still think that their emotions and what they're going through, they're by themselves, right? And mm -hmm. it's, we're all going through a pandemic, you know, we're all quarantined, uh, but they feel like, I know for a period of time, I had just like, and it was probably was like a week, where I was like, I wish I was normal. I wish I was like everybody else who didn't have any issues and didn't have anxiety and didn't have this. And, you know, then I thought to myself, what if there's other people out here who feel the same way? Like, and it is a lot. <laughs> <laughs> and that's true that's true we are because we don't if we're not talking to each we don't know what you know other people may be struggling with or or dealing with yeah. in that particular moment so it, it definitely helps to to be able to talk about it and to have those conversations because it's important well thank you so much dominique i really appreciate you uh joining us this evening on this wellness wednesday um you are welcome <laughs> Who are stationed in Florida. Um, we have people from all over who listen. So if um, how could people connect with you if they want to connect with you personally as a therapist um, or as a coach, how can they reach out to you? They can go to my website. It's www.dominiquebattle.com. 
Um, and they can either message me on there and my email is on there. Email is best because I respond to that very quickly. Um, my social media handles are Dominique Battle and then underscore. So you can find me there as well. Um, I'm very approachable and open. So if you have any questions that you couldn't think of here and think of them later, feel free to send me an email and I'll respond and answer them to the best way I can. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, so we got a lot of yes, thank yous. Thanks, guys. This was good. I'm still learning how to make this a replay. Um, so y'all might... <laughs> 75 trying to figure out how this is supposed to work. But I'm going to get it. I'm going to get it. <laughs> I can repost it. So that right. this is, I, I think these are the conversations that people are not having. And so it is, it's important to have them because again, we're all living through this together. We don't know that there's no right answer. There's no wrong answer. We're figuring it out on our own. And I would, you know, for me, I just, I want people to be better on the other side of this, or at least to be able to cope with whatever it is they're going through. You know what I'm saying? Because we don't need, yeah. we need a whole nother day to talk about when outside actually opens up because do, it's going to be chaos. It's going to be crazy. Craziness. Yeah. And you know, with, with social media, you know, you see all these memes about, you know, you at home all day, you should be working on your business. You should be working on this. But I think people are forgetting that we're not just off on PTO. Yeah. Like we are all dealing with a global trauma and yeah. we are experiencing this thing differently. So just sitting at home and, and being focused enough to be able to work on, you know, important stuff or things that we would consider priority. It's just not a space that we can be in. And it's a shaming thing to make people feel like they always have to be doing something. Yeah. When all they just need to do is is relax and take care of themselves right now and yeah. figure it out as they go. Yeah, it definitely, right now we just surviving. That's what we're doing. We're not worried about being productive. If you are, great. We're not knocking nobody who is. But right. it's shaming people to make them feel like if you're not, you know, I saw a meme that said something to the effect of like, if you're not, if you don't come out of this with a hustle or like, you know, a something. And I'm like, bruh, people just try and get toilet paper. Like, I just, I just remember that is Wednesday today because I thought it was Tuesday. Can I just focus on remembering the days of the week? These days are <laughs> like, it's it's a lot. It's a lot. So I definitely, I thank you for being here. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. <laughs> oh, welcome. All right, y'all. Y'all check the replay whenever I figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Bye. All right, y'all. That's all for this week. Thanks for listening. And don't forget to share, subscribe, rate, and review. Until next week, see ya.